The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Race week! Woohoo! Kunal, oh my god, there's just so much to talk about and I'm so excited. Yes, there's always just so much to talk about on the Inside Line F1 podcast. But no, 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 this is race week. So it's just, it's different because we've all been waiting for this week for so goddamn long. But for me, it was actually race day just a few days ago. We had like the Formula E E-Prix and the MotoGP Grand Prix in Qatar. Oh, but it feels like the 2018 Formula 1 season ended like what months and months and months ago. It's honestly time for Formula 1 to consider a 25 Grand Prix calendar. Oh what 30 or 35 yeah, actually, or 40 races. Actually just keep racing every fortnight guys like don't take a break just keep rotating the drivers and the team personnel because that's what we always were worried about the human cost of Formula 1 but There's also just so many drivers who are waiting for a break in Formula 1 just use them and race all year long. I so agree and you know with this problem of plenty here's what I propose. Kunal, I say we record a second pre-Australia episode on Friday right after the free practice sessions are over. What say? You win? Sure, let's do that. But first you have to admit that you are just finding excuses to spend more time with me. Of course I am Kunal that is only till I get hold of a certain Mr Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> so guys in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast we have just so much to discuss. So we thank Ferrari and Mercedes for not participating in the Netflix series. Will Netflix do for Formula 1 what Rush did back in the days for the sport? Is Bernie Ecclestone actually fiddling with the extension of Formula 1 contracts? And we have a quick recap of the Hong Kong Epri from a young Australian motorsport fan and reporter Ashley Blutman. Awesome guys, remember to subscribe to us. We're available actually on all platforms, we're everywhere. And guys, we promise you your weekly dose of Formula 1 humor. Yes, and we are actually reaching half a million listens right before the start of the 2019 Formula 1 season. So thank you very much for all your support. And for those of you who you know actually listen to us on iTunes and the Apple Podcast Store, you will be pleasantly surprised to know that there are two Formula One podcasts that have been featured. One is the official Formula One podcast, and second is the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So congratulations! Woohoo! That yeah. goes for a woohoo. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to start this episode by talking about the season launch event that happened earlier today. It was actually good to see Lewis Hamilton. join all the other mere mortals it was and you know kunal what i am surprised about was mark webber's selfie i mean he actually used a selfie <laughs> stick and i mean this is formula 1 everything's got to be super high tech and all of that i was expecting to see like a drone fly by or something stabilize <laughs> and then click the photo but no we have a selfie stick yeah sometimes the traditional ways are the best yeah and kunal where were the finished drivers 
Botas and Raikkonen were both absent from this selfie stick picture that Weber was uh, <laughs> clicking and then tweeted. Okay, I am now waiting for a Finnish joke from you or a Finn joke from you since that's what everyone's been cracking. No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to bet that they were like at the bar or something. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Botas and Raikkonen were both playing with uh, Botas's Dalmatian puppies. Now, I wonder if Lewis Hamilton's love for drugs actually prompted Botas to love dogs too, or at least prompted him to proclaim his love for dogs on social media. Okay, wait, wait, I have a joke. What's common between Botas's Mercedes record and Botas's Dalmatian puppies? They have no points? No. They're both spotty. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yes, this is why we have Mithila Mehta on the inside line. Guys, that podcast. was impromptu. Give me some laughs just for, you know, spontaneous jokes <laughs> and all that. <laughs> Okay, so back to the launch event. I'm going to talk about how it's a good start from Formula One. It's good to see them make concentrated marketing efforts. And I've always spoken of, you know, how this one massive event should be organized to launch cars, announce drivers, and, you know, basically enter into the new season. So this is definitely a step forward in my view. And I'll tell you what else is a massive leap forward, the Netflix documentary. I think it's really, really well made. And Kunal, I think that this documentary is just going to create so much intrigue among new fans. And I really hope that they tune in and sample Formula One this weekend. Yes, the only concern, although from this weekend, are the odd hours that the Australian Grand Prix would be aired at especially in Europe and in America. But the key question is, who has actually spent all this money in producing the Netflix documentary? The program credits reads Sean Bratches as the executive producer. So basically, the documentary is an expensive marketing exercise by Formula One. And in which case, I can't wait to see what their crossover metrics would be. You know, basically, how many Netflix subscribers saw Formula One for the first time. And well, Kunal, I actually also knew a few Formula One fans and uh, they bought the Netflix subscription only to watch this documentary. So there's also some sort of reverse marketing impact for Netflix. They should thank us. Yes, I mean, Formula One's a great brand to be associated with. It is. And I am also secretly pleased that Ferrari and Mercedes refused to participate in the documentary because fans now just have so much more insight into the other teams. That is so true. I mean, every time we report from the paddock and from the races this is a repeat realization that we keep having that formula one is just so much more than ferrari and mercedes it is just so much more than lewis hamilton and his battle with sebastian vettel i mean the midfield teams have their own heroes and their own heroic stories and in the heat of the title battle most fans end up missing out on such stories. Yeah, you know, I know there isn't one star in this uh, documentary, but if I had to choose one, it would be Gunther Steiner. Kunal, what a dude. He's an absolute rock star on the show. Now, that is a good choice, actually, mm. because he's just shown to be so much more sincere and, you know, all, all himself and down to earth. And it's good to see Haas doing well under his stewardship. But my mind now goes back to the movie Rush. And the impact that it had on the non-Formula 1 audiences. I mean, I had a lot of non-Formula 1 friends and fans uh, talk to me about the sport and just show so much more interest. Of course, back then it was about knowing who Nikki Lauda and James Hunt were. But I believe that this Netflix documentary is in a similar space 
if not better yeah i wonder if there will be a season 2 and if that would be this season uh, because i hope that this time around ferrari and mercedes do participate i mean i know i don't miss them in the current show but i think the picture will only be complete if we get access and content from all teams that's true and you know if they are going to do a show on the 2019 formula 1 season i would definitely want to know how sebastian vettel deals with the charles leclerc challenge especially behind all those you know doors in the briefing rooms etc and of course how toto wolf will eventually go about deciding to drop valtteri bottas and promote esteban ocon oh oh scandalous thoughts kunal <laughs> but you know that's probably what's going to happen so yes let's see uh on to the next thought a point for the fastest lap of the race but only for drivers in the top 10 Honestly, I really wish it was available for everyone and not just the drivers in the top 10. But I realize why Formula 1 is doing this to encourage more risks and different strategy from the you know the teams especially towards uh, the you know the end of the races which we know can get boring because of this whole tire management that we've seen excessive tire management that we've seen in the last few seasons. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of uh, fans are kind of upset at this introduction. but i think that a few specific media vehicles have led to some negativity regarding this uh, but let's see it this way that there are 21 extra points up for grabs and kunal that's a lot of points and that could impact the world championship outcome we know that there have been several world championships that have been won or lost by lesser margins absolutely and 21 points is like nearly a race win of course it's distributed over the season and uh, you know i really wonder how come fans are already disliking this ruling without knowing how it's going to play out on track okay so next liberty media is accusing bernie ecclestone of sabotaging the renewal of their race hosting contracts with several venues why am i not surprised actually yes you know this is mr bernie ecclestone and he is known to be cheeky so what are the actual chances of him doing something like what he's being accused of I mean the I guess the answer is an easy one but well Liberty Media claimed that Bernie Ecclestone did well to sign up these race hosting venues at higher fees and then of course we know that he handed over the reins of the sport to Liberty Media. Yeah, correction Kunal, Liberty Media threw him out literally. Yeah. But, but I'm thinking uh, Bernie Ecclestone would be a very good episode in the Netflix documentary next yes. year. Yes. Although he wouldn't believe in live streaming or streaming off <laughs> it on te- on on you know on the internet, he would say he would want it to be on television. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'd have or... his own breakaway F one documentary on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> or Amazon Prime. <laughs> anyway, so let's go back to this whole Liberty Media Bernie Ecclestone episode because we all know that Ecclestone was asked to step down and. Then Liberty Media claimed that he went and told these very organizers who he had signed at a higher cost or a higher rate that they were overpaying Formula One. So yeah, and cheeky. like uh, very cheeky, and like Chase Carey said that Liberty Media, being a public company, means that the race hosting fees that everyone is paying are public too. Uh, but in two thousand and nineteen, contracts worth one hundred and thirty million dollars, big number, are up for discussions. So that's with Great Britain, Spain, Italy, Mexico, and Germany, and uh, also there are talks of a race in Africa. Wow! Knowing Formula One, soon we're going to have talks of a race in on the moon, and then in two decades' time in Mars, because suddenly everyone is interested in hosting a Formula One race, but nobody's actually coming and signing on the dotted line. That's my view. But this is Liberty Media's 
third full season as the new owners of the sport and frankly i think we should just drop the label new because it's their third full <laughs> season and i'm eager to see how they tackle this situation at hand and chase carry has already said that five expiring contracts are not a worry for formula 1 and chase carry has also said that he doesn't believe that formula 1 races are too long and that he wouldn't resort to cheap gimmicks to make the races fun oh by that i really hope he means that formula 1 will get rid of the drs soon enough guys i i am sure all of you know that in 2019 the drs is 25% more powerful Kunal, I really hope that it doesn't make overtaking a walk in the park next season. Yes, I would love to see a Ricardo and a Verstappen masterclass rather than just people DRSing their way through. But I have a view on the length of the races. I mean, I see Formula E and MotoGP, and they are definitely shorter in duration. And I don't think that they are any less fun. Or in fact, let me put it this way: they are definitely more fun than Formula One. So. Liberty Media please choose quality of racing over quantity i mean the very old old marketing mantra as we've learned along the way yeah yeah but that's unless they can guarantee two hours of madness i don't mind a longer race that's then. human greed <laughs> <laughs> very greedy for formula 1 okay ferrari have a new livery so no mission win now as we already know yes a uh, former ferrari team boss Stefano Domenicali said that the time is not right for Volkswagen to be in Formula 1 and I mean I know that Volkswagen has other issues to deal with but I hope that someone from Formula 1 is actually sitting with all these manufacturers you know who are on the fence to understand what it could take to change their stance on participation and you know the irony is while Domenicali thinks that the time is not right for Volkswagen to enter Formula 1 he has now signed up to be a television personality for one of the official broadcaster so you're going to hear from dominicali pretty often because the time is right for him to be a television pundit valtteri bottas said that he is going to beat everyone kunal honestly i just love the sound of that yes and i really wish that bottas is able to beat everyone and resurrect his career and image because we are cheering for bottas on the inside line f1 podcast and uh, You know, I, I just my mind just goes back to when Mika Hakkinen was on our show, uh, you know, Bottas's fellow Finn. And firstly, he said that Bottas is driving a car which is suitably designed for Lewis Hamilton, and we all know that's that's a very strong possibility. But Mika Hakkinen also said that Red Bull Racing are going to find it tough to win with Honda. Now, let's really hope that the other midfield teams are more ambitious. and they chase down red bull racing honda to a breaking point very interesting uh, hackenin's former teammate david coltard so he's also said some interesting things he fired literally a warning to lewis hamilton uh, coltard said that the vettel leclerc partnership will be far more lethal than the vettel raikkonen partnership from the last several seasons and that is true it's true and i'm also wondering what role leclerc will play in the world championship Uh, will he be aiming for the world championship himself you know start with a bang or will he play the strong number 2 support to vettel you know kunal all of this waits to be seen in the next few days i am also eager to see pierre gasly prove a point because every time i hear red bull racing make a negative statement about gasly i feel bad for him but i'm also sort of glad that daniel ricardo moved on and even before the season has started helmet marco has piled on to gasly for his crashes and testing I mean 
he shouldn't have crashed twice. Agreed. But the, the, the good part, at least, is that he is trying hard. And Marco should definitely be a little more patient. And Pierre Gasly has found support in Shaq's Willem of all the people in the paddock. Yeah, honestly, Kunal, I wonder if Red Bull Racing just decides to demote Gasly. Who next in Red Bull Racing? I mean, will they just go and promote Danny Kivat again? Well, Kivat actually hasn't ruled out a promotion to Red Bull Racing if he happens to do well or manages to do well in Toro Rosso. But that would actually be life coming a full circle for Danny Kivat. Unless, of course, you know, Red Bull Racing decide to break their own rules and then go buy a driver from outside their stables. I mean, Fernando, we know you're listening, but please just wait before you send a text to Christian Horn. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Ricciardo said that drivers will make all the difference in the tight midfield. And could I personally, I can't wait to see who actually wins the Formula 1.5 championship, as we like to call it. I'm cheering for Nico Hulkenberg. Woo-hoo. It would be like, I think his second Formula 1.5 victory if he wins this season as well. But... Ross Braun said that Ferrari recognized the need for financial equality in Formula One. Now, that's a typical way of putting pressure on Ferrari via the media, because I highly doubt Ferrari will budge too much on their payments. And again, 2019 has lots in store for the future of Formula One's business, because by June 2019, they have to all sign off on the sporting, commercial and the technical regulations for the 2021 Formula One season. Okay, and finally, Sebastian Vettel has named his 2019 Ferrari. Uh, He calls her Lena or Lean Lena. You know, Vettel's car names indicate that he has actually grown up because during his younger days, his car names were more like teenage-like. You know, he had Kinky Kylie, he had Luscious Liz and and the likes. And I remember last year his car's name was Gina, if if my memory is right. But uh, ladies and gentlemen... This is where we move on from Formula 1 to Formula E. Our famous Formula 1 fan and reporter from Australia, Ashley Blutman, has sent us her views on the Hong Kong EPRI that concluded a few days ago. And I must say that the EPRI was an absolute riot. It was, right? And Stoffel Van Doon claimed Paul. I was so happy to see him show some serious space. Yes, but I don't know why I call it the EPRI when it's actually also a race. But (laughs) maybe that's just Formula One branding for for me. But uh, we leave it now to Ashley to give us a view on how much fun the Hong Kong EPRI was. Uh, I do know that her father, Jeff, visited the Hong Kong EPRI, so... Here's over to you, Ashley. Thanks. It's Ashley and I'm back, but this time I'm not talking Formula 1. I'm talking about Formula E. I enjoy watching Formula E as well because the car has a very different style and has completely different engines and are electronic. The Generation 2 cars are futuristic and interesting to look at. Generation 2 also has increased battery storage, which is better. It really interests me that previously the drivers completely changed cars as they pit stop, but now with the Gen 2 cars, they don't have to anymore. The thing I dislike though is how short the race is. It can't be helped at the moment because there is not enough battery for a race as long as the Formula 1 Grand Prix, unless they reintroduce changing cars again. Personally, I see that the Gen 2 cars look faster than the Gen 1 and the car looks more interesting. Both sports have connections like prior Formula 1 drivers. It's great to be able to follow them in their next phase. It's great that Susie Wolf has a team in Formula E and Toto Wolf has a team in Formula 1. 
That's why my favourite team is the Venturi team, because Susie Wolfe is team principal and Felipe Massa is driving. He used to be one of my favourite drivers in Formula 1 and used to drive with Fernando Alonso. It's interesting to see the difference in Formula 1 team mistakes and Formula E team mistakes. Like in the Mexican Grand Prix a few weeks ago, the team underestimated the power they needed for the race and Pascal Wehrlein, a previous Formula 1 driver, didn't win because of that tiny mistake, although he was coming first the whole race. Although I'm really interested in the electronic car, I still think I prefer Formula 1 because I definitely know more about it and I like that I know all the drivers and teams in Formula 1. During the recent Hong Kong Grand Prix, Lotterer got damage on the last lap of the race, causing him to lose. I couldn't believe it because he was leading the whole race. Overall, I really enjoyed the race and thought it was very interesting that the track was quite skinny. It made it really hard for the cars, so nearly half of the cars retired from the race. Although the grid didn't change that much, it was really exciting to see the cars fight and protect their positions without crashing. In Formula E, it seems harder to turn, especially if it's a sharp turn, because they sometimes got caught and bumped into the car in front. It looked a bit like dodging cars. I really enjoyed the Formula E Grand Prix in Hong Kong. However, I can't wait for the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix. See you there. Thank you so much, Ashley. It's just so nice to see your interest for motorsports and not just for Formula One. Yes. Do you watch MotoGP by any chance? Or the <laughs> WEC or anyway? Yeah, guys, Ashley is going to be at the Formula One uh, Grand Prix this weekend. So, Ashley, please do enjoy yourself and let us know how you like it, what your experience is there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us from this episode. We will be back in two days where we will talk about every team and driver's prospects from the Australian Grand Prix and for the entire 2019 Formula One season. Yes, and we will have the legendary Lucien back on our show with his Moments in Time section. So guys, there's a lot for you to look forward to on this weekend on track and on air with us here on the Inside Line Formula One podcast. See you in a few days, guys. Adios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, cause they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.